everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori, and today we are going to talk about fashion. To be fair, we are always talking about fashion, but in today's episode, we want to chat with all of you about how reselling has changed our perspective on buying clothes for ourselves and how we have evolved our wardrobes over the past couple of years. Daniela and I do love to shop, but tapping into our personal style while using our reselling skills has been the most fun. Yes, it has. All right, guys, let's talk about fashion. See you at the table. fun fun topic this is like a like this is like a fluffy week it is it's a fluff week (laughs) (laughs) but that's okay fluff weeks are fun plus I like talking about clothes and things that I find for myself yeah um should be interesting because I wear you know mostly hoodies and sweatpants but I'm gonna dig deep for this one yeah I will see here's the thing I may wear loungewear all the time when I'm home but like when I want to dress up I want to make sure I have things in my wardrobe in my closet that I can dress up with yeah you know what I think will be fun like once we get there is to just talk about like big purchases we've made that maybe we didn't because we we both have made some big purchases so yeah so like what what is worth our money now that we're so cheap in stores like that's what I find fascinating about myself I agree yeah I agree but before we get into all that let's recap because that's what we typically do here. Uh, so is there anything fun, interesting going on, Lori? Anything fun or interesting happened this past week? Um, well, I was just saying to you today, I put together my very first FBA Amazon order. Very to, exciting. That was sealed and it has labels on it. Ooh. Just, for whatever reason, I just could not pull the trigger on it. And it's, it's actually just... Um, some stuff that I ordered to, um, from a wholesaler, I'm not going to make money on it. It was, it was basically stuff to help me get ungated in a certain area. So I know I'm not making money on it, but it's, um, it's a learning experience. It's like, you know, packaging it up and seeing which warehouse it's going to Mm -hmm. and how much it's going to cost and deciding that I need to buy a bigger scale, like all, all the little, you have to experience it to understand it sort of stuff I went through today but it was not exciting. So I don't know if that's what I should report right now. <laughs> I think it's kind of exciting. I mean, you're trying something new. It's a new business venture for you to go down the Amazon rabbit hole. And I, it's something I would love to do someday, but I also feel overwhelmed just thinking about it. It's a black hole. It, it goes on forever. Like Amazon hole. And they no, take- really, my goal is pretty clear. I want to have this be a small percentage of my business if I can keep it at bay, but still stay engaged. And I think that's going to be the balance for me because it's not part of my repertoire yet. So I'm not sourcing for it. Um, I need to figure out what I want to source for just like reselling, Mm. you know, is it going to be groceries? Is it going to be toys? Am I going to stay with clothes? Like I think as you move on with Amazon, people can like really cover a lot of bases but you need to know, know stores, you need to know product. Um, so I think I'm going to have to niche down in this just like I do with reselling. And I'm not sure where that niche is going to be, but eventually I want to focus on FBA, which is fulfilled by Amazon. FBM is fulfilled by merchant where I would ship things out from my house, but then it's just like another reselling platform. Like I already do where I house the inventory and I ship it myself. Your profit margins are higher when you're for sale by merchant. Yeah. It's a lot more work. So I'm 
hoping to go the FBA route and just ship things out, take a kind of like the real, real for you. Right. You know what I mean? Like you just, I'll take a smaller profit. I know I can make more if I sell it myself. It's the same thing, but it's learning a new language. So I just need to figure that out, figure out what's working for me and then just be consistent with it. And then as it goes out, it might, it's just going to be another stream of income that I can tap into should anything go south with other stuff. Cause Amazon's not going anywhere. No, definitely not. I think it's going to keep growing. Right. Um, is there a category that interests you more than others? I know you've mentioned groceries, like that's been your thing. We've been trying to get ungated in, but like, is that where you want to stay or do you like, do you have an idea where you want to go? Well, the nice thing about groceries is it's replenishable and I've never really dealt with replenishable stuff. So like, if I find something that works for me, um, I, I, I have learned very quickly based on my conversations that I don't think I want to do big bulky stuff, heavyweight items. Um, and I think I'm more drawn to lightweight stuff just in general, because it's less storage. It's less, it's just a smaller pro- footprint overall, probably smaller profit margins as well. I mean, unless you find the, the right small thing, toys interest me a lot because I have so much American girl. Um, so that is definitely something I would like to get ungated in. And also I think toys would be really fun because, um, quarter four is not super strong in reselling. And that would kind of come into play for quarter four. And I can even, I can even pull off of reselling, like, you know, Poshmark stuff, sourcing for Poshmark and really go heavy. But the problem with that is you're sourcing quarter two, quarter three, four, quarter four, you know what I mean? But at least I could um, plant a lot of seeds and get things ready to go. Um, and that might be really nice for quarter four. So those are the two things that I'm thinking about. Um, you know, books you can sell right away as soon as you, you don't have to get ungated for books. So that'd be fun to just go around my house and scan things and see what might work. There's just a lot to learn. So baby steps. Yeah. I feel like if I did books, cause I, I used to sell my textbooks, right. But I've never actually sold books to Amazon in, in that same capacity. I would go to the bins. And that would be like my first attempt to like learn books because the bins, you don't know what you're going to find, right? Like I could stand at Savers all day long and scale the books, but the book section in Savers is extremely overwhelming to me because there's just so many, you know, and I see people there, you know? Yeah. Well, for the most part. Yeah. For the most part. No, I mean, you see people at the bins Mm -hmm. who just fill their entire cart with books. It's fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, that, that takes takes a lot of time. So I'm not like a huge reader. I think if maybe I were a huge reader, that would be a great avenue to go down. I just think that is interesting because we have a ton of books in the house. Jay is an avid reader. And when my kids were little, um, I know that like selling sets, even forget Amazon selling sets of books do well. And, you know, when the kids were little, it was like magic Treehouse. We had every single one. And, um, Angelina Ballerina, my girl's Angelina. We had every Angelina Ballerina book. And we have a lot of like series of books, mostly children's series. Um, we have a lot of early edition Harry Potter stuff. So I don't know, like that could be fun just because we have a we have a three, three bookcases from Ikea that we put together to almost look like a built-in in our basement, just chock full of books. That's so I would even go shopping in my basement and see, because we try to eliminate a few every year, but who knows? Yeah. This time I want to take my advice that I always give, but never did for reselling. Like when I said, don't go to TJ Maxx and Savers and spend $200, like shop from your house. Yeah. So I'm going to try to, I'm just going to 
walk around and do that a little bit in my spare time. Why not? I think it's the best place to start no matter what platform you want to go into. Just look around your house, see if you have anything that will work on that platform and then go from there. Exactly. Yeah. So that's new. Yep. And I just filmed a what sold video. I haven't done like a traditional what sold video in a really long time, but I did like what sold during thriftless February, what sold as a result of cross posting, what sold on eBay. But like this was just like what sold last week. So um, I'm just finishing that up. So that will go live tomorrow. And that's that. That's what I've been doing. What about you? Um, n- not that much with reselling. <laughs> you had a video uh, I, go I, live I, last night. I watched it right before bed. Yes, yes. I had a YouTube video. Out. So like, I have fun with my YouTube times that I post things. I want to test because I'm such a small channel. Like this is where I can really test and see what times work for my viewers and all of that. And surprisingly enough, posting a video at midnight it performed exactly the same as me posting a video at like 10 a.m. Mm. So it was very interesting to me, but yeah. So I, I did really like 24 see- hours. It kind of levels off, you know, like you get yeah. people at different times, but yeah, that's good. It anyway, but I filmed a video. I was really excited because I, I did go sourcing yesterday and I found really great stuff. And I just wanted, like, I got home. It's like, all right, I can film this. And this is like, you know, it doesn't require that much brain power for me to film a, a haul. Um, but I also, I really liked the stuff that I found. So that was, I did that. Um, I do have like a few videos that I want to try to fit in this upcoming week. We'll see work works kind of busy. I'm working on some new projects. Um, so it's been taking up a lot of my time. So filming a video is like, it needs to be quick and easy, or I need to have it like planned out so I can just sit down, do what I need to do. And then like move on minimal edits, like that kind of stuff. So I definitely want to do a recap of the real real in February. That's on my list. I want that to go out probably next week uh, or this upcoming week um, because I didn't make that much money on the real real in February because I wasn't sourcing. So I kind of want to talk about that process, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, the numbers definitely show. Um, and I want to do a denim focused video and talk about like denim trends and uh, the type of denim that I pick up and what type of denim sells for me and like show all the numbers related to that and kind of give people more of an insight of why I pick up so many jeans and what That's type fun. of jeans I pick up. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. It's different. Yeah. People like denim. Denim says sells year round. Um, I feel like, like universally loved. Well, yeah, maybe not to sell, like, but I mean, everybody owns a pair of jeans. <laughs> right. And I feel like um, maybe a couple of years ago, jeans were heavily focused in like the fall, right? Like back to school. Mm-hmm. But now, I feel like that's not the case. I feel like it's a thing that you just wear year round now. It's not just back to school anymore, right? Like it's- No, I would agree. I mean, they get hot in the summer. It depends on where you are in the country too. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, they're universal. I I, I, yeah. I would agree. I think they're worn year round for sure. Yeah. So that those are my plans. I just, oh. yeah. I mean, I'm not really focusing too much stuff and we've talked about this too off- recording like I'm not focusing that much time on like reseller stuff during the week um, because I have so many different projects that I'm working on at work um, and also just for my own mental sanity right like I I do what I can and mm-hmm. whatever doesn't get done doesn't get done um, I like to focus my energy on things that make me feel good and that's that right so if that means I don't go sourcing at all then I don't go sourcing at all and I focus on other things that I want to do for the business um, I made my first reel today 
that was I saw that I've been like so in my thing I'm like does that say ivy and blush on the like because you always share other people's stuff you're so nice about sharing stuff I was like Daniela did a reel I'm so proud of her I did I did it went against everything I've ever said so I only I did one for two reasons one because I I want to test some stuff out and content that I want to do for YouTube so I figured the best way for me to test it is for me to put on Instagram first and then mm -hmm. see what kind of attention it gets. And then I can use that data for me to create YouTube videos that would be specific towards whatever the reels are that I'm creating. So that was a real reason why I did it. And two, I just wanted to see how easy it is to do. And it's really not that hard. At first I was like, wait, how do I get my videos to go in here? Like it took me a little bit, but then yeah. I got I got the hang of it. I'm sure there's all different cool tricks and stuff you can do, but like, I don't. I thought it was fun. I thought it was great. I feel like I complicate reels and you, and, um, and TikTok, just the way I complicate YouTube, like I have a thousand edits in a 60 second reel. Um, I need to chill the Christ out on that. <laughs> um, because yeah, it's not that serious, Lori. I mean, I've seen other people's reels where it's just like, just them making a face with music. Like, you know what I mean? Like some people don't put much effort into it. That's what's happening. The more I look at other people's stuff, I mean, some of it is beautifully executed. Mm. And other stuff, I'm just like, they're literally sitting in the car and they just said what they found at the, like, I'm thinking like I can take a lot of my YouTube content and just like bring it down to 30 seconds. Well, I've been, because I'm long-winded, I'm more of, so uh, Reels is only 30 seconds. Right, 30 seconds. Max, um, where TikTok is a minute. So if you do it on TikTok, you can't cross post it basically to reels. If it's gotcha. 60 seconds long, you gotta cut out half of it, which is what happened to my TikTok last night. So I didn't, I didn't actually post it as a reel. I posted it in my story, the beginning part of it. But anyways, yeah, I've just like, there's a lot of very lighthearted stuff that's not overly executed that does very well or that I find very enjoyable, you know? Yeah, so I don't know. I'm gonna test it out. I think you would do well with YouTube shorts, Lori. You should look into it. I thought about it. I thought about doing what I did yesterday and doing a YouTube short because it's 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. And then maybe do that. As I don't know how it works. I've listened to different YouTube gurus on like taking the short. Like you can't take the TikTok and put it into a short. I don't know. There's like a bunch of stuff around that. But anyway. Right. I, I always like record my screen. Um, ah. And then I can, I can import that way, gotcha. but I haven't even attempted it on YouTube. So I'm not sure. And I don't want all the um, TikTok stuff on it either, but yeah. no, that's definitely worth looking into so many things to think So many about. things, but yeah, I made a reel. So that was, fun. I'm so proud of you. I thought it came out really nice. Thank you. I mean, I wanted to make sure that it at least looked somewhat like I knew what I was doing. So I went in Canva and created a little thing. That's a great thing about Canva. So if you're listening, you don't use Canva just sign on and look at what's like, everything is already there for you. You can customize it however you want. You can take a template and arrange it any way that you want or like use it as inspiration. But that's how I do most of my stuff. Oh my gosh. I'd be lost without Canva. There was um, like a one week time that my membership from last year, my whatever the upgraded membership yeah. expired. And in the meantime, I had gotten a company credit card. So it, when it went to use the credit card, it was like a different credit card. So it didn't. And I went to do my thumbnail and I went into full panic mode when I couldn't like remove my background and I, my, my brand fonts were gone. Like I flipped out, like <laughs> my brand fonts weren't gone, but you know what I mean? It's, yeah. I realized that I'm, I rely on it heavily. 
Me too. Me too. I love it. It's good good for business. Definitely sign up for it if you don't have it. Anyway. And apparently good for reels. Oh, yeah. It is good. It's good for reels. And, and I'm so sure it's good for other things, too. I use it for YouTube. I use it for social media. I use it for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I actually use it for my resume. Fun fact. My resume was created on Canva. Yeah, that's how I got See, my job. now I feel old. I don't think Canva was around when I had my resume out floating around. I don't know how long it's been around. 2016, maybe? Around there. Yeah. 2016. I recreated my resume for marketing. That's where I made it. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you guys listen to this whole thing. Thanks. If you skipped ahead, totally understand. Um, we're going to talk about our own fashion today and what we did before reselling and thrifting, because I know for me personally, I never really, I never thrifted for myself until I started reselling. And I don't know if it was the same for you, Lori. I've been a thrifter my whole life. I mean, I say my whole life. I've been yard sales and thrifting. It's it's always it's always been not far from me. Yeah. I've had different phases where I've done it more often than other times, but secondhand has always kind of been a way for my mom at a very young age got me into it. So yeah. See, I didn't grow up with that. Um, so for me, when I think about shopping before reselling. I went to the outlets like that was that's what I did. I went to the outlets. I went to the mall. I went to um, shopping plazas. I didn't really shop online. That's more of a more recent thing, even though online shopping was a thing. I didn't really there's stores. Why would I online shop? Right. Um, I always bought retail retail price outlets were the only times that it was discounted. You know, Mm -hmm. even then, it's not really that much discount. Um, But I. I didn't thrift. I didn't do it. I've, um, I've always been a big, big TJ Maxx girl. So even, even pre reselling, but I think I bought a lot of quantity because things were just inexpensive yep. pre thrifting at TJ Maxx. And now I find myself in TJ Maxx far less, unless I'm going for retail arbitrage or maybe getting something for Angie where she's she doesn't care about quality or anything. She just wants like something trendy and cute and I can get it TJ Maxx for $14 or something. Yeah. Um, I find that I'm looking for just better quality pieces now if I'm going to pay retail. Yeah. And sometimes I get lucky at TJ Maxx and other times not so much. So you actually just hit on something that I wanted to talk about too. And it's the amount of stuff that I used to buy. And I thought I was getting a great deal. So I'd buy like, you know, instead of buying one or two great quality pieces that reselling has absolutely taught me, I would buy 10 to 15 pieces and rotate them and wear them and then get sick of them and then go out and buy 10 to 15 more pieces, you know, like I'd buy five, six tops at a time and I'd wear them for a little bit. And then they would just sit in my closet and I'd go buy more because fast fashion, right? New styles came out, new colors came out, whatever it was. And I would go and I would do that. Um, I was a big like Old Navy girl. I'd go to Old Navy, yeah. American Eagle. Um, those were, you know, my two big places that I would you go, can go to. I mean, Old Navy can get pretty cheap. I used to hit up Old Navy every Black Friday mm-hmm. and just go house. Like it was, I could get a lot there. Yeah. I, and, I, and that's until why. I, until I, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying that's what hooks you, right? I can get two pairs of jeans for $30 because they're half off. And I really like the style of them, even though the quality isn't that great and they're not going to last me that long. You know, like a lot of that. I didn't think about that stuff. 
I've had some old navy jeans for quite a few years, I gotta yeah. say. Yeah, I have. Um, what I was gonna say is I was still shopping like that though for myself, just at the thrift store and buying a lot of quantity at the bins because it was a good deal or this has a little hole, but it's just for me. So I'm going to yeah. grab it. And there was a lot of that until, until uh thriftless February of 2020, uh, just before pandemic hit. And I Marie condoed my stuff and you remember the pile on my bed and it was like embarrassing. Like I could not believe the amount of stuff I had. And really, since I cleared out of that, I just, I look at stuff. I don't know about you, but now when I look at things, when I'm deciding whether or not I will donate it, I say to myself, would you pick this up at the thrift store for $3? Yeah. And if the answer is no, I'm just letting it go because number one, chances are you'll find it tomorrow at the thrift store for $3. So you're not like really letting go of anything special. Right. Um, And if I wouldn't pick it up at the thrift store, then what am I keeping it in? my right. closet for like I, I do ask myself that a lot mm-hmm. yeah I definitely did you find that you would shop so whether it was thrift store or retail store did you shop more frequently then compared to now or were you just go when you did go you just bought in big quantities of things that you liked um I think I shopped more um like I'll say now when I go into a retail location, like, oh my gosh, I haven't, I haven't been at TJ Maxx in a while. I haven't walked through a Macy's in a while. Oh, although Jay likes to walk the mall now because he thinks he's 85. So um, 70. I, yeah. That's been his, um, you know, cause he's up where I am right now. This is his office space in our bedroom and he does just calls all day long. Yeah. And so on days that I can get out and go thrifting, if I choose to, or I'll go to the post office or whatever, right. go for coffee, meet a friend. He's like housebound. So at six o'clock, he's like, I want to go somewhere. So I have actually been at the mall a lot more frequently, <laughs> um, not in stores, mostly walking around, but um, I don't, I don't buy as much. Plus, to be honest with you, a lot of what I have been spending um, has been on my kids for a lot of years. And then your kids just get to the age. I mean, I've had one daughter, so she tends to get really spoiled. If I find something in her size, I would bring it home because it looked cute. And there were so many things when she would go through her closet that I picked her up at TJ Maxx on clearance. And she just never wore it because she never really wanted it in the first place. And I just brought it home for her because it was on sale. So I really stopped spending an excessive amount on my kids as well. And that really cut back on stuff. And boys, my boys don't really, it's yeah. only so many pairs of khakis and t-shirts they want. And, you know. Yeah. Boys are so different than girls. It's, so I even look at my wardrobe in comparison to Matt's wardrobe, right? Like very basic. He's got a couple pairs of jeans. He's got some like sweaters that he rotates. He has his, uh, obviously he has his dress shirts and everything ties and everything for work. I'm not counting that stuff, but just like casual every day if we were to go somewhere you know go out to dinner or whatever like he has very small like this dresser right here that's yeah. behind me that you guys can't see but Lori can I think two of them actually have clothes in them and the rest of it's like just random things wow like, nothing really in there and like the closet's basically all my stuff he has like a little small section of things and that's it it's mostly dress shirts in there yeah, yeah that's just how we, he's very minimalist and I'm I've gotten better. <laughs> I definitely was not. Um, I, maybe it's my generation. I don't know, but coach and Michael Kors were huge when I was in high school. Like those were the things that everyone wanted. And when I finally had 
um, a job, I would save my money and I would go to the outlets in, in Rentham in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And I would go into the micro cores or I'd go into coach and I would drop two, $300 on a handbag. Like mm. that's what I did. I would never do that now. Not right. on a coach or Michael Kors anyway, because I can find it in the thrift store for $14. So why would I do that? Right. Um, but you've been on other brands, but I'm maybe more frequently. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, all right. So here's a question for you. Has the habit stayed the same, but just the brand changed? Mm, good question. Um, last year, this time I'd say the habit was still there, but, and the brands did change, but now I would say the habit is no longer there. I, so I have, I have two things that I love to pick up handbags and shoes. Those are like my two things that I just, I love for yourself and your business, huh? For yourself and your business. Oh yeah. But for both, but here's the problem because they sell well in my business and I find it in my size. I'm always tempted to try them on. I'm like, Oh, they fit. I can wear them nine times out of 10. I'm not keeping this stuff. Like I might put it on and wear it around the apartment really quick, just to kind of like get that feeling out, out of my system. Cause you know, when you have something that is your size and you love it and it's really pretty and you're like, I need to have this, but you really don't need to have it. Cause you probably have right. something else that looks just like it. Right. Um, you know, I have a lot of that that goes on. Uh, and then I, I get it out of my system and then I, I always photograph it regardless. If I say I'm going to keep it and I say that in quotations because I don't keep them. I photograph them. I list them. I might wear it once and then it gets sold, goes to a new home and I'm okay with it. There's mm -hmm. only a few things that I have kept. I kept a Madewell bag for myself um, that I was going to sell, had every intention in selling, but I don't have, which is weird. I don't have a black leather handbag anymore. I sold all of mine two mm -hmm. years ago when we, three years ago, I'm sorry, when we moved, I only had two handbags left because I sold wow. everything off. And I feel like everyone needs to have one classic black leather handbag, right? Like I just think it's a thing and it's a crossbody, and, or I could just hold it um, with the top handles. So it's, it, and it's big. So I'm thinking like future too. So like when there's children, like it's big enough where I could throw things in it and, and have it. And it's a good quality bag. I kept that. Um, and I've kept a few pairs of shoes that I know I can wear to work or I can wear if and when I go out and, you know, I, I keep a lot of boots for myself because I wear boots year round, but I also take out the old stuff that I'm not wearing anymore and I sell it, which is not what I did before. Like I did do it to an extent, but I always did it in extreme measures. Like I need money. I'm going to take everything out of my closet and sell it because I need money. It right. wasn't because I'm rotating my closet. Mm -hmm. So that's like the biggest change that I've had is now my mentality is I'm taking everything out of my closet. I need to rotate certain items out of here because I'm not wearing them anymore. And they just don't suit my style anymore. Um, and I do that. And then I bring the new stuff in, but I have to be like, I have to think about it. Otherwise I'm just going to throw everything in my closet because I love fashion, right? This is the problem. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, I, I don't go through my closet as often as I should. Right now I'm in a handbag purge because I have a focus, but I think that that helps me. Yeah. Like, Rocco just discovered all of his Pokemon cards and I'm not Some joking. Are worth money. He needs to look them up. Oh, he's looking them all up today. He has been, we cleared out this kid at a yard sale when Rocco was little. He was born in 2004. He was, it was probably 2010. And this kid was like in high school or college. Mm -hmm. He had this old collection. So we have Pokemon cards from 95. That oh, Rocco's wow. right now. And he needs a new computer. And I usually get the kids a computer for graduation. 
And I said, if you want it early, we could give you the cash equivalent when you graduate from high school next year um, and get your computer. now I said, you should look at, or put it towards your car. Cause we have a budget that will give him towards the car and he wants a Jeep. And I'm like, you know, so that's what I would do with my closet. If there was, so that's what I'm doing with my bags right now, because I have something I want. It's giving me incentive, but my clothes, there's no, there's no clothes I'm really pining for right now. So my clothes just sit right now. So do you have a vision for your closet? It's like, I have a vision for my closet, my personal closet. Like I want a capsule wardrobe. Like, you know, all these bloggers have capsule mm-hmm. wardrobes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they always have like specific pieces that they have to have that you can wear with, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be designer. It doesn't have to be designer, but just a good quality piece. Yep. It's like, I have a vision for like, what well, I don't know like what brands and stuff, but I know I want like good quality jeans that are going to fit my body in a way that I feel comfortable. I know I want nice linen pieces to, you know, to own. Mm-hmm. I want a couple of silk pieces, which I don't have yet. Um, and I want everything to be secondhand. Like before I want it new. Now I want everything to be secondhand. I want, I want to, I want to have that in my personal life, not just in my business. 100%. I mean, I, I am definitely striving for more secondhand stuff. The problem for me is now has always been size. Yes. That's my problem. <laughs> and so I'm like a size 12, 14 and just, yeah. it's a mental thing in my head. I'm probably more a 14, but like I squeeze my ass into the 12s. Oh Yeah. I'm probably more a 16 to be completely honest with you, but that is, that has just been my mental cutoff that I refuse to buy. And so what happens with me now is I just keep getting more and more leggings. I don't mind buying extra large, anything leggings, mm. sweatpants, but there's something about 16 that I just feel like, and it's, I mean, it's, there's not obviously I'm a size 16. So I get it. Saying, it's just a number. It's just a number. And someone, you know, my friend sitting next to me could, you know, say that the, that, that a 12 is her cutoff. Like it's, it's not an insult to any size at all for me personally, though, that's always been my cutoff. So I've literally like stopped buying nice clothes because I weigh more now than I have ever weighed. So I look through my closet and before I go out, it's like, a, everything's black. I love black. A, I love how black looks on me. Um, it's a, it's a, it's, I wear it. I feel more confident than when I'm in a bright color, it's more slimming, like all the reasons people love black. That's why I love black. Um, but I look through my closet right now and everything's hoodies and leggings. So I am not really happy with my closet right now at all. Not to make this like a therapy session. Um, people like the therapy session, so it's okay. but, But I think, and I even said this during my Marie Kondo, like a lot of the stuff that I wear is because it's a style that looks good on my body, but it's not necessarily a style that I love. Yeah. Like I would love to wear like high-waisted jeans with a belt and a white t-shirt and a blazer over it with a pair of- I can't do it. I mean, I could, but I would have to buy a pair of size 16 jeans Mm -hmm. that would be, you know, that because right, because I carry on my weight, my stomach too, not that anybody cares, but like- um, (laughs) If I, I wear a size, I don't wear a lot of stuff tucked in because that's where my weight is. So I wear yeah. everything untucked. I love my legs, relatively speaking. So love is a big word, but I'm trying to be body positive right now. Yeah. So relatively speaking, I, I like my legs more than anything. So I don't wear maxi dresses because I'm bigger on top and in my belly. And I just feel like it just makes me look big all the way down. So like knee length skirts have always been a good thing for me. Leggings have always been good for me. So 
you know, I, it's a weight thing. So I'm not loving my closet right now coming off of 2020 and a weight gain, not loving it right now. So yes, I, I have those visions of that capsule wardrobe and the beautiful staple pieces and whatnot, but I'm not, I don't want to invest $200 in a pair of quality jeans or not even $200 because I don't want to buy the size that I need to buy. So that's my problem. And I need to like live my life and get over it. But instead I just keep putting leggings on. And when the leggings get tight, it's really bad. (laughs) (laughs) But then then we have brands like Lululemon, which are extremely forgiving and I can fit in a size 12, 10, 12 Lululemon. And I'm very happy with that. You know, like the number really shouldn't matter. And I think this is why I like what universal standard does. And it's just, it's, vanity sizing it's zero one two three like or it's small medium large but it's not regular small medium large so it it tricks your brain to think oh i'm buying a small when really you know it's it's what your size is right it's funny the psychology behind it like that number for me has been my my breaking point you know yeah and I, I also like, I admire people who are in the community who are not in the community that embrace their size, no matter what, whether, you know, it doesn't matter what size they are, whether they're a double zero or they're a size 26, like it doesn't matter. Um, and they just wear their, those outfits and they just look so good. And I just look at them and I'm like, I, I wish I could do that. I agree. I mean, and I you're drawn to the energy. I am, you know, I'm drawn to the colors and I'm drawn to, oh my gosh, look at how they put that bright, like red belt with that outfit and they're killing it right now. And yep. lipstick, like I am like neutral on neutral on neutral on neutral. Like I'm the worst, you know? And yep. when I was young, I used to wear bright lipstick and yes. everything. Same. And I loved how I looked and now I put on red lipstick and I feel like I'm 75 years old. I just don't like it on me anymore. And that could just be an age thing and have nothing to do with weight. So generally when it comes to my wardrobe, I have pretty much lived vicariously through Angelina's size four body for like the past 10 years. (laughs) I'm like, this will look really cute on you, Angie. She's like, I can dress myself, mom. Like, and it's been like a little bit of a um, distraction for my own stuff is because Angie looks so cute and stuff. So I'll buy it for her instead. I will say the, the nice thing that I think the last couple of years has brought with um, the body positive movement is more brands are coming out with larger with plus sizes. Right. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. Which has been great. Like the first one that comes to mind is besides good American is anthropology. They really did come out and they tried really hard and the plus size section has expanded and more and more styles are now available in plus size, still not available in all the stores, which is very discouraging. I, I, I think it's important for stores to have plus size in their physical brick and mortar, not just online, because you're just missing out on clientele that's walking by that would buy something. Um, Mm -hmm. There's really no reason to not include the plus sizes within the regular sizes. It doesn't have to be something. I didn't realize that they were like online only. Yeah, they're online only. On occasion- It's kind of weird because I feel like when you're plus size, speaking for myself- You need to try it. Technically plus size, but yay. Well, I am, but I just don't say that I am. But- um, yeah, you need to try stuff on. You need to see it, right? Because a lot of the clothes, you can look on a model all day long, but everyone's body is shaped differently. And when you actually see the silhouette of the piece in front of you, you can kind of gauge, okay, yeah, this won't fit right in my hips, or it's kind of baggy in the legs, and I don't really need it to be baggy there. I need it to be wider up top. You know, like you need to see it to, to gauge it. And a model can only do so much. 
Um, so that Athleta has the plus size, like mannequins now in the store, which is great. And I've, and I noticed, here's a fun fact, a Victoria's secret catalog came into the mail the other day in my name. And I haven't bought from Victoria's secret and I cannot even tell you how long I, I like probably 2010. It's been a long time. They have plus size models now. Wow. Wow. That's a break. I mean, they only go up to a extra large or extra, extra large, which in for them is a size 16, 18, but looking at the pieces is no way it would fit my body. Um, so maybe it's like a young 16, 18, because 16, mm-hmm. 18, when you're young is very different than 16, 18, when you're, uh, you know, a woman, <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's different. Um, your, your shape changes. So yeah, that was interesting to me that they were doing that. Regardless, I do like that more brands are being more inclusive. I still think that there are brands that could be a little more inclusive. They could at least have models that are plus size showing like, yes, this is an oversized piece and look, you can wear it on this figure as well. Um, I'm really sad to see the loft has discontinued plus size. Really? Yep. I, Last week I saw an I article. Really that, had them to be yeah, honest. They started, I want to say a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and uh, they never put it in the retail stores and now they're discontinuing it altogether. But see, to me, that means it's not selling. Because the loft, they, why would they discontinue it if it was making them money? Because that's, that's- They never the advertised market. it though. That's the Excuse other thing. Me? They never advertised it. Hmm. I don't why know. is anthropology able to do it at a high price point? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But the loft, who has a lower price point, can't do it. I don't know. Right? I just think it's all the marketing. It's all the advertising. How much money are you willing to invest in that market, right? And maybe just, it's not their target, which is fine. Um, that's, that's- I have an opinion on this, just, just as we're talking. Right. I kind of feel like the loft, not that Talbot's is an equivalent, because I feel like Talbot's is a little Okay, bit- I can see that though, the resemblance. But there's like J. Jill. Mm-hmm. Chico's. Chico's, Talbot's. Um, and I feel cold water Creek. I feel like a lot of those brands, I mean, I know that those are associated more with like a mature brand, but I feel like there is a little bit of a, a market that, um, is addressing or, you know, more inclusive for larger sizes. And, you know, Chico's has the vanity sizing and stuff like that, where anthropology, I would consider more of like a trendy brand. Um, and that was really a, a gap in the market. And so that's probably why somebody, and I think with um, exercise brands too, like Lululemon, everybody, Lululemon is even, I don't know if it is anymore, but at one time it was like, kind of like a status thing too, to be able to wear Lululemon. And people were like feeling very left out who, who wanted to, you know, sport their Lululemon. I mean, cause let's face it, not everybody wears Lululemon to, to work out, but everybody wears it, you know? So I don't know. Maybe that's why. Maybe the market maybe. was already kind of covered by other brands within that. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, that's possible too. I didn't think about it that way. That's possible. Maybe they felt like there wasn't a need for it because these are the brands that are already doing it. Kind of feeling that. I don't know. It's possible. Yeah, I don't know either. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say for myself, a lot of the stuff that I do have to buy, like jeans, for example, I have only found a pair of good American jeans in my size once in the thrift store. Um, and I kept them because they were my size because I don't want to spend 150 or $200 on a pair of jeans that are yeah. brand new. Could I buy them on Poshmark for $70, $80? Yeah, I'm sure I could, but it's also hard to find my size on Poshmark too in those brands. Um, so I struggle sometimes with that. So then I have to opt in and buy at the retail location. Uh, like Everlane, for example, the two pairs of Everlane jeans that I have, I bought them when they were on like a super sale around Christmas time. And I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, Good America is still my favorite, but I do love my Everlane jeans. I do reach for them and I do wear them, but I paid retail price regardless that they were on sale. I have never found Everlane in my size in the thrift store. Yeah. I feel like people that wear my size in, I don't know, this is a generalization, obviously, tend to keep things longer than maybe others that are in that wear a smaller size because it's easier to find their size maybe and they're just constantly rotating. I think that even more than rotating, I think that a lot of people just grow out of those small sizes first. Mm-hmm. Too. Like I look at Angelina who's still very small, but she's not a 25 anymore. Yeah. And she's not a 26. She's like probably a 27 and she's 19. But just two years ago, she had you know, 12 pairs of size 25 jeans part, most were from the thrift store, but I would always find them for her. So I would bring them home. And I think in general, the average person is not a size 25 or 26. And I think that those are the things that people in a sense grow out of. I mean, again, it's a generalization. I'm making a generalization that as people get older, Mm -hmm. they tend to put on a few pounds and that that is not obviously that that is a huge generalization but well I think other things go into it like if you're in your 30s maybe you've already given birth to children right exactly and or then you menopause <laughs> and then that's another phase you know yeah. what I mean yeah I, I do think generally speaking and so I think that that's why there's so much selection in the smalls and extra smalls mm. because and then it's you're not really targeted at the the average woman. The average woman is what, like a size 14 or 12? I think it's a 12. 12? 12, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so- After COVID, maybe it is a 14. I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's definitely, I, I know it's always been between the 10 and 12 mark. And when you go to thrift stores, let's think about it. When we're sourcing, whenever you find, a, you know, something in a size 10, 12 and up, you get really excited. You're like, this is a great size this exactly. is going to sell really fast. Yeah. I use my little denim piles all the time in my basement. Like my 25s are, are pretty high. And then my, I have, I have one pile um, that I put my 30, 31, 32s on. And they, that one pile that combines those three sizes is a fraction of the height of like my size 27 pile. 27s go to the ceiling. I'm going to close this door. Do you hear <laughs> Sorry. We got dogs barking in the background, which is fine. That's just what happens here. Yeah, I think that um I think that that's definitely something to take into consideration too when you're thinking about sizes and trying to find your size in the thrift store. I, I do think that um a lot of times when I'm I'm in my size in the thrift store, it's a lot of um 
items from the older generation, right? Like grandmas, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of that. Um, not necessarily things that I would wear. Uh, so that makes it tough. But then sometimes I strike gold and I find someone that donates a bunch of like new tag loft or old Navy tops, even though I don't, I, I want to try to stay away from fast fashion. Sometimes I just need a couple different blouses that I can wear to work that like, you know, I don't care. If also, they get it's, hand, it's you're being sustainable. Right, right, right. So like, I have like my nice blouses that I've paid up for. And right. then I want a few that I can just like throw over something. And if like, you know, I'm playing with my nieces and things get over it. Like, I don't care. You know, like I, you need to have, in my personal opinion, you need to have pieces like that where you don't care as much if they get destroyed, you yeah. know? And I am giving it another life. This item is going into my home and I just bought it at Sabres for however much I bought it for. Um, but yeah, like the only things I've really bought for myself. Well, let's talk about that. What are some, what are some things that you have paid retail for planned to purchase? Wasn't an impulse purchase, like something that you were like thinking about and really wanted and purchased? Um, I have to think about that now because I haven't paid retail for anything in a while. Um, hmm. What did I recently pay retail for? No, Lori, this is hard because everything. Everlanes? Did you just say your Everlanes? Oh, my Everlanes. Yeah, I bought those. Those were on a sale. They were like $30 a piece. 30? Yeah, they were $30 a piece. So I bought I bought two Everlane jeans and two Everlane blouses. Um, that was around Christmas time. And then, oh, my Barefoot Dreams. That was the other thing. My Barefoot Dreams robe. Um, I thought you had Nordstrom Rack. I thought you got that. The, the Marie... No, I have another, not, not a robe, a cardigan. Sorry. Oh, okay. I'm like, I thought you just got that. No, no, no. My robe is right here. No, my uh, my cardigan that's in my closet that I wanted for years. Uh, It was on a super sale. Everyone was posting it on Instagram too. And it was like, I don't know how much it was. $30, 40. I don't remember how much it was. Um, I got that at Nordstrom Rack around Christmas time. And then I bought my grandmother as a gift, the Barefoot Dreams blanket, because I think it was $50 on sale. Um, So like, Everything that I bought recently retail has been on sale. The last time I made a big purchase at a retail store was, I didn't even buy it. It was my husband, my Apple watch. Mm. Electronics is basically the only thing. Oh, my phone, my iPhone. It's usually electronics that I'm paying full retail price for, which Mm -hmm. is, I mean, it speaks very much to the times, right? Right. Electronics are huge. Yes. So that's where we're typically playing retail for. Um, yeah. What about you? What's the last retail item you've bought? Um, like a big purchase. At, they were Christmas gifts that I asked mm-hmm. for. Um, but I got the Spanx faux leather. Oh, leggings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love them. Um, I want to write a meme about putting on your Spanx in front of a mirror. <laughs> what you look like. I feel like. That's funny. Oh my gosh. Like, uh, if I always think when I'm putting those Spanx on, I'm like, if anybody could see me right now, but anyways, I digress Spanx and, um, my doc Martin pull on boots. Ah, so fun story. I found a pair of doc Martins yesterday. Um, and they couldn't find the matching pair and I had to go back today to get them and they are my size and they fit and I've been eyeing them on the website and I think I'm going to keep them. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna show you. I saw them. Are they like a cranberry color? No, the, the cranberry ones are the ones I'm going to sell. These oh, are those. ankle boots. Those are mine. That's what oh, I Oh, we have the same ones? Well, I don't know if I have the panels on the side like that. Beautiful. I feel like my, 
the Bianca, I, no, I don't know. I can't see. That's the one thing about Doc Martens is that they're very hard to maneuver when they're. Mine have a little faux fur on the inside. No, this doesn't have faux fur. This is called the Bianca. Those are beautiful. So these Which... are a size eight and they fit me. It does Doc Martin run big. I don't know. I wonder if they're men's. They could be men's. That's a possibility. No, it says women's. You know how it um, it will say the sizing here? It says USL8. L would be ladies. Yes. So I don't know, but they fit and I really like them. And I think um, I photograph them as if I'm going to list them and sell them. But I think I'm going to wear them at least a few times and see if I really, really want them. And then um, I'll make my decision. But I've been wanting a pair of ankle boots by Doc Martens for a while. Those are super similar. And I really like the platform ones too. Like these are nice and I can wear them all the time, but I really like the platform Doc Martin as well. That's like, I probably will pay the retail price on those because I really want them. Yeah, they're really cute. And they're so, so I was big into, like I have a pair of my Melissa Fry boots. Mm -hmm. um, I bought those years ago. But oh I my God, my Fry boots. I sold those last year. I paid retail for those. Two, $300. I don't remember. I paid some crazy amount for them. Yeah. I love mine though. You sold yours. I sold mine again. Wanted the money. I was like on a big purge kick. When we first moved into this apartment, I purged everything and I just sold everything. And it was great to have the extra money, but it was more like we don't have as much space and I just need to clear everything. And that's my mentality now because hopefully we'll be buying in the next one to three months. Um, I'm going to go through and do a big purge again so that I don't have as much stuff to move. Yeah, want that's smart. That's yeah. good. No, that's good. You stay on top of your stuff. You're like that with your inventory too. Yeah. I feel um, like you have to be, if you, like, I also like new things all the time. New. I say that in quotations. Like I like new things in my personal closet. Yeah. They don't have to be brand new, but new to me. Mm -hmm. I'm spoiled. I spoil myself. <laughs> you should. That's good. Um, yeah. So that those, those, I thought I wanted the Spanx cozy collection. I returned the entire set. Jay oh, bought okay. me all of it for Christmas. He bought me the robe, the pants, the tank top and the shorts. I re returned every piece. I had like a quarter pull quarter, like snap pullover that I kept that I wear. So I did, I guess I did pay retail for that just before Christmas. Um, I don't know. Those seem to be the biggies. I tend to, and I always have for, for some time I will wear you know, something high end or well, whatever, whatever retail for a hundred bucks somewhere on my body. And I will pair it with something that I got at the bins for two I do bucks. That all the time. And then I think yeah. about it. I'm like, if I actually told someone what's on my body right now, how much I paid for each thing, like they, they would be like, well, why would you ever do that? Why are you wearing $200 shoes with your $5 jeans and your $2 top kind of thing. But in my head, I'm like, this is pretty cool that most of this cost me a total of ten dollars yes one yes piece. absolutely I I love it I I love mixing it up and in but sometimes it also makes me laugh like I have a thing for teaks and I have a lot of pairs I have a lot of teaks and um and then I'll I'll wear them you know with like a, a cheap pair of leggings or or whatever whatever it is and yeah. then a, a sweatshirt or I don't that's my okay I wear leggings with things that I probably shouldn't wear leggings with but leggings are just, I've always been my go-to with almost everything that I own. I'm like, oh, there's no logo on them. Great. I'm wearing these. And then going to pass is like a pantyhose that don't have the bottom. 
Oh, like you'll wear like a skirt over them or something? Yeah, like I'll put a skirt over them. I'll put a dress over them um, or wear a really long like tunic style over them. And I just call it a day. So it looks like I have like fleece, like in the wintertime, it looks like I have fleece like um, pantyhose on that just have the, you know, they step at the ankles, yeah. like they're leggings. Yeah, my, my go-to look for a while was a pair of black leggings with my riding boots. And sometimes I, I actually love to wear brown and black together, fun fact. And I know a lot of people don't, um, not like chocolate brown, but like, yeah, chestnut. but like a chestnut. Yeah, yeah. Like I, like one of my outfits that just like makes me feel really put together and pretty that I love, um, would be my Melissa boots with like insert pair of leggings, probably my, um, with your kimono, black. not even a kimono, like, a um, like a pullover, uh, like more oversized of a size sweater a poncho or oversized yeah. sweater like something loose and cozy uh with probably like a longer tank top underneath to like for a little coverage if I need it but yeah with the boots and the hair and makeup like that that that's a look that I really like and I will insert like skinny jeans with that too yeah I feel and like skinny jeans leather. and leggings are interchangeable yeah that's yeah. for me they're definitely interchangeable yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about the most expensive thrifted item that we've bought for ourselves. I have a recent one that I haven't shared with anyone, but Lori and a couple other people. Oh yeah. You do have one. I do have a recent one. Lori has one that she's looking for. Yeah. Cause I don't really, I don't think I have anything crazy for myself that I can think of. Yeah. So I purchased a um, Chanel wallet at a mm. really great price that I rehabbed and it looks fantastic I was going to dye it um it's like a taupe color like a yeah it's like a gray taupe color and I was gonna dye it black and uh everyone seems to like the taupe so it's gonna stay taupe and I love it you and, have to dye it taupe or what did you no, do no no I'm gonna I was gonna dye it black okay but you're gonna just dye it the same color I'm just oh, gonna leave that. it all I did was oh. put a little mink oil on it and it looks great like you can't even tell that it was faded you can't tell at all I cleaned the inside um, yeah, that is I'm very so happy good. with that. So that like deal. my dream is to build a Chanel, like I want like three staple Chanel pieces. So I have one wallet. There's another wallet that I really want. Um, there's one handbag that I absolutely want in my life. And then I have, I want like more of a practical handbag as well. So the one handbag that I really want is the large flap that everyone always sees the quilted one, you know, everyone knows it, but it's like anywhere from 6,000 to $14,000, depending on what website you're on. So that's, that's a no. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want more of a practical like tote bag or something. Cause I love tote bags um, that I could probably find pretty reasonable on the real, real there. There's some pretty reasonably priced tote bags that are older styles, but I honestly don't care. I, I feel like when it comes to a brand like Chanel, um, they're just kind of timeless. It doesn't really oh. matter if it's from like 1996, who cares, you know? Well, I mean, the bloggers care and the people who care yeah. about like having the latest of Chanel care. Yeah. But my theory, I've been really on the verge of like binging and just spending a lot of money on tote bags because mini bags are so big right now you know? that large style bags you can get for a song. I know. And all the luxury brands, like, and I, I keep thinking to myself, I could pick up a few of these and hold on to them. And when all the mini bags start to fizzle, all the big bags will come back and boom, I'll have them at a great price. That's what I've been thinking. Cause I'm a big bag person, hundred yeah. percent. Although now that I thrift for a living, you know, I've been 
I have the Louis delightful. And that was like my big purchase. Like when everybody was getting the never full, I wanted something just slightly different. And I didn't like the straps for the never full. I didn't like yeah. the two straps and the delightful had one thick strap. I don't think they even make the delightful anymore. And I love it. I, I love that bag. I think it's beautiful. I beat it into the ground. And then, um, I, and cause I'm not good to my stuff. I I'm hard on my stuff. And then I had the strap dyed black because you know, the, yeah. the, it just was, the color wasn't great on it. I didn't like it anymore. I wasn't wearing it as much anymore. And that like, that would breathe, that breathe new life into the bag. So I've been wearing it a little, but like when I go thrifting, you know, I'm not going to bring that to the, I mean, I can bring it to the bins, but I walk away from my carriage all the time. Right. So right. you know, that's why I like to have a crossbody on me, which is what I'm on the hunt for now. But yeah, I don't, I can't think of anything that I bought a Gucci bag secondhand off of Craigslist about, oh God, maybe 10 years ago. I met a woman at the mall and, um, I think I think paid about that. I met, four, I met this woman at the mall. I did. <laughs> I think Cash I paid about $400. Why do I have, um, and I just never wore it. So I sold that recently for like, yes, you did. When you did your bag haul there, you sold it. Yeah. That was like one of the first things that sold. So that was probably the most expensive thing I ever bought secondhand. I think yeah. I can't think right now. Yeah. That's that's the only big purchase item that I've ever bought secondhand. But I do think when it comes to luxury, so if you are listening, you want to venture into the luxury market to buy something for yourself, secondhand is the way to go because you mm. can find some awesome deals on things. Awesome. Deals. Certain brands that are really trendy or like yeah. the, the bag that I'm looking for right now is sold out at Louis Vuitton and it's, it's basically retail on the secondhand market. Yeah. yeah. Then you have certain brands like, Chanel that just with age are more expensive. Yeah. That's like an investment. Yeah. It's gotta be a bubble. I mean, I just don't, I mean, I, I like Chanel. I think it's beautiful there. I like the, the boy bag. Um, Oh, that's yeah. Or am I thinking of Dior? It's getting late. No, Um, Dior doesn't have a boy bag. No, I like lady Dior. Yes. Lady Dior is one of them. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, anyways, I, I've never been like the, like the Chanel bags are absolutely stunning. They've always been a little bit conservative for me, like the chain and they've been like a little preppy and like pearls. And, um, that's just, it's, it's not like my natural vibe. I can appreciate it, but for the price, it's just crazy. It's insane. (laughs) It is insane. I mean, some of those handbags go for $14,000. I just, you know, I can't imagine. I would never wear it. That's the other thing too. Like I want to have these pieces, but I want to try to get them at the most affordable price possible because, well, I want to wear it if I'm dropping that much money on it. You know what I mean? Like I can be rough with my, I'm pretty good with my bags, but I can be rough with them. Like it, it does happen. I don't know. I, I have certain, like I have a Burberry bag that I treat pretty kindly because it's a pebbled leather and it's a little, and it has fabric on the side. So I'm more gentle with that, but like my, my delightful, I just like brought that everywhere. And it's such a practical bag and it was big. So I loaded it up and it was, you know, it was a lot of the carpool days with the kids and threw it in the back and whatnot, but it's still hanging in there. (laughs) I think it's, it's a good thing to note too, while we're talking about luxury that, um, being a thrifter and, um, having access to all these different ways of sort of finding items, um, 
it gives you the opportunity to purchase things for yourself that are in that luxury or designer that you might not otherwise be able to you would never ever go into right like think about even we can talk about something as basic as um I don't know what what's a jean brand that is considered like like mother jeans or something right like mother jeans or um a goldie right like all of those that they're expensive if you were going to buy them even at Nordstrom Rack it's a lot um, so finding those at their store would be exciting or finding, um, even Vince. I know like we don't like to resell Vince that much because it tends to sit. I know for myself anyway, um, but they're expensive. Even mm-hmm. at TJ Maxx, it's super expensive to get mm-hmm. a Vince piece. So, and you can find it at the thrift store, like even practical things like that. If you can find Rothy's at the thrift store, great. <laughs> I haven't f- found them in a while, but you know, even something Rothy's that are, you know, a hundred to 150, 160, yeah. you can find the thrift store for even $15, you know? So that's, it, it allows you to expand your wardrobe, your personal wardrobe in a way that you probably would never be able to do if you just bought retail. You'd be saving forever for certain things. Mm-hmm. At that point, is it really worth it? Like it's just material items. And we put so much value into a brand and into the piece itself. It just makes you think like- Oh, for sure. I think thrifting has gotten me. It's funny because on one hand, it's made me really appreciate quality. Yeah. Um, and it, it that doesn't always align with brand. Right. Which what comes to mind is like um, a lot of the vintage sellers that are a lot of our friends that are vintage sellers and they find some amazing quality pieces that I think a lot of us would bypass because the brand doesn't resonate with us, but the piece itself, is just made well and like made well, not not the brand. Like it's made, um, the construction of it is made well, and um, the fabric is of a quality that you just can't find. The zipper, you know, whatever it is, um, right. there's something to be said about clothing that was made. I wouldn't say, I don't know, sixties, seventies, even earlier than that. Some of it was handmade. So it's maybe not the prettiest, the lining's not the prettiest, Um, but the quality of cotton was different. The quality of linen was different. Cotton t-shirts then are very different than cotton t-shirts now. I mean, and I think that's why there's, there are the Everlanes and certain brands that do make beautiful organic cotton. um, And that's why people will pay for it now. Yeah, I know. All right. All right. Well, I think Lucky needs me. Okay. Still barking. He's still barking. Uh, All right. So we're going to wrap it up here, guys. Uh, If you are a Patreon member, this Tuesday, we're going to have our first live event at 8 p.m. Eastern time. We're really excited about that. It's going to be on Zoom. We're going to be able to interact with everyone. So we're super excited about that. If you're not a Patreon member, it's okay. You don't have to be. Or if you want to be, you can join. Uh, And our link will be in the show notes. It's only $5 a month. And we offer you guys lots of great things. So yeah, you can check us out there or you can meet us back here next week. Yeah, and if you do happen to sign up before our live on Tuesday, we'll be sure that we get you all um, in line that you can join us on the Zoom if that's something you'd like to do. And thank you to everybody who has joined our Patreon. We really appreciate your- No, I know, so many people- So great. So thank you, everybody. I hope you enjoyed our little tangent of a conversation today. We're all over the place, but it was fun. It was fun to chat and I hope you all have a fantastic week. Thanks again.
Yes, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. This is just a reminder that Thrifters Villa's Patreon is officially live. You can find us on patreon.com backslash Thrifters Villa. It is just $5 a month where we're going to offer you bonus content, extra episodes, a free downloadable a month, and live events. So make sure to check us out there and we will see you next week. 